Do you feel like motherhood is mundane? A lot of mornings you wake up feeling like you lack joy or purpose. Do you also want to invite God into your mom life, your marriage, and your life in general, but you just don't know how? Do you feel tired, like you have no time, and you're always putting yourself last? Hi, I am Jill Warball, a Christian mom life coach, and I'll be showing you each episode how to make time for you, your relationship with Jesus, and others. I'll teach you how to grow with God and apply His Word to your everyday life. And most importantly, I'll be cheering you on each week, reminding you that you do have purpose and that you are worthy of a great future. You can find satisfaction in motherhood. I'm going to show you that you can live intentionally with less stress, more joy, all while serving God and others. So grab your Bible and get ready to be transformed. This is the Faithful Mama Podcast, a place where we learn to fill up on Jesus so that we can pour into others. Listen in. Hi, Brandy. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, I... I'm excited about the topic. Um, it's one that we don't get often, um, but it's imp- so important, so important. And I can't believe it's one we don't talk about <laughs> as much as we should. Um, so why don't you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am a marriage and family therapist and a licensed professional counselor. I practice in Arkansas and I'm also an author. So I've written a few books and In my spare time, I do a lot of just public education on sex and emotional health. Um, And sometimes that includes speaking in front of groups. Sometimes it's podcasts. Um, I have a lot of fun writing a blog, those kinds of things. Awesome. So um, I guess, why don't you tell them what we're kind of going to talk about? I guess there's like a, what the overall umbrella we're going to talk about today as far as the topic is concerned. Yeah, so my most recent work is in specifically educating the Christian community um, about sex education. So looking at um, how most of us have been affected by the culture around us, um, and then trying to help Christians understand who God is and how he designed us um, so that we can enjoy our sexuality and so that it can be honoring to him. Um and so that we can enjoy it in a, as a connection point um, with our with our spouses and and with ourselves, um, and anything I can do to help y'all educate your kids and your families as well, I'd love to do that. That's so awesome. So I'm excited because I think that us mamas are like those are hard conversations in motherhood. So I think this is going to be a really great conversation, and we'll be able to take this with us and have this wisdom in our back pockets when it's time to have these conversations or if we're having these conversations now. Um, So um, I'm just going to start off asking. um, Obviously sex in culture is, is one way and sex in church is one way and they both can be harmful 
and do a disservice to us. So um, what's the harm um, that culture has done and even church, if you want to touch on that, has done surrounding sex and relationships? Yeah, so lots of points there. I'll try to cover them quickly. I One of the things that I've seen the most often um, in the way that culture has harmed us in our sexuality um, is a, number one, it's a very consumptive-driven culture. So a lot of times we're taught to see each other as objects and just to get our needs met from each other by using each other. Um, and I, specifically in sexuality, this is very unbridled. So it's kind of take all that I want um, and get it as soon as I can, as fast as I can, use you up and throw you away. Um, and I think even in even in Christian culture, sometimes um, wives specifically can start to feel like they are just to be used. Um, which is so painful, such a painful experience as a human. Um, and and um, I, would, I would also say that in the Christian culture, unfortunately, we haven't done a good job of valuing um, female sexuality or female, um, female experiences with sex. So a lot of times we're we're trying to be available for something that isn't very enjoyable for us or it's enjoyable to a degree, but not really. Um, or, you know, we appreciate um, maybe the effort made, but aren't really having a great time. Um, and a lot of times it can be really hard for women to feel like they are only valued for um, their bodies rather than the, the whole of who they are. And so their sexual experiences end up being just physical and not emotional or relational. Um, and that's really not what God designed it for. Yeah. So, um, that is so true because I just see it. I mean, I see it everywhere. Um, but then also when you talk to other women, Mm -hmm. hear it. Yeah. Well, and I don't know what you hear when you speak with your friends, but I, in my office, I would often feel or hear women saying that, well, sex is just for men anyway, or, um, I'm trying to give him what he wants, but I'm so tired. Um, Or I don't really, you know, I don't really want any of that, but I just do it because I know that he needs it. Um, Those kinds of scripts are evidence of the damage that's been done. Um, And really, I mean, it breaks my heart because I not only are those women not enjoying their experiences with their partners, um, but honestly, when I, when men are really honest with me as well, Um, they're not enjoying those experiences either because it's just this kind of perfunctory physical act that's happening and not a full deep emotional engagement when that's actually what's being longed for by both partners. Isn't that interesting? It's transactional almost. Yes. That's so sad. So what's fulfilling sex look like in a holy context? Yeah. So I I think in order for sex to be fulfilling, um, we really do have to go back to the maker of sex, our creator, um, you know, to to look at God and who he is and how he made us. Um, He made us to fully connect as whole humans. So one, one of the verses that I almost always teach on when I'm speaking to believers is when Adam knew his wife Eve, we often hear that word new and we think, oh yeah, he's just talking about intercourse. You know, he's just saying 
They're just saying that, they, that Adam and Eve had intercourse. Well, in reality, that verb to know means exactly what it sounds like it means. It means to know. It means to deeply know your spouse. And when Adam knew his wife Eve, he was he was knowing her. He knew what she was like. He spent time with her. He enjoyed her. Um, he, he was, they were friends. <laughs> they were deeply connected in this very intimate way um, that yes, included a, a physical union, but that was not the only thing that was that was connecting there. It was the heart. It was the mind. Um, it was a very deep bonding experience. And so in order for us to have fulfilling sex, we have to broaden our understanding of what it is to think about it in terms of intimacy and full connection intimacy, not just a physical connection or intimacy. Yeah. And how do you get that? Yeah. So, so knowing that that's the case, there's a lot of learning that has to be done, right? You, you, um, for a lot of people, um, especially women who have never really had any good sex education. And I don't know about you, but I, you know, I had the quote unquote sex education that I had from my school was barely puberty education. Um, I never learned the names of my body parts. Um, I never learned anything about arousal or orgasm or um, hormones. I never learned any of that. Um, and so sometimes the very beginning of healing in this area is just learning the, the bare facts. <laughs> how, does, yeah. how does my body work? Um, you know, how did God make my body? How did he make it? You know, what, how do my body parts work? Um, and then, you know, getting to know yourself and feeling very comfortable with who you are then you can start communicating those um, experiences to your partner. Um, so being able to say to your partner, um, this is what I like, or this is what feels good to me, or this is what I want. Um, I, I don't know when you're releasing this podcast, but I, I, I tend to around, around the holidays, around Valentine's Day, I usually recommend to my clients for them to come up with 14 different ways that they are turned on. And that, that maybe sounds like very charged language, but the truth is all of us are capable of being turned on, men and women. So when we think about for ourselves, what works for me, you know, what feels exciting to me, what's arousing to me, if I can discover what those things are, then I can communicate those things to my husband. I can say to him, you know, and, and I don't know how old your audience is, but I'll tell you that, that the things that turn us on, things that get us excited about connecting, change in every stage of life. So maybe when you were a teenager, the thing that was exciting to you was sitting next to someone in the movie theater and the edges of your hands touched, you know, and that was exciting. <laughs> and it, it was, you know, it made you want to connect even more. Well, now, you know, if you've got, if you've got three children and, and everyone's running around the house and touching you all day long, there's a chance that touching actually is not going to turn you on, but rather turn you off. <laughs> and you, you need to say, well, what is it that I need in this stage of life? Well, in this stage of life, what helps me so much is when you come home and see how chaotic things are here and how hard I've been working all day. And you tell me, thank you for working so hard for our family let me jump in here for a few minutes and why don't you go get yourself a bath? And it's like, oh yeah, that's the thing I need, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, whatever the stage of life is, is going to affect your own sexuality, what works for you, what you feel comfortable with. So just validating and believing that it's okay for you as a woman um, to want and need things that are a little bit different um, than your husband may want or need, that's going to make a huge difference because he needs to hear that, you know, there may be certain things that work for him and that turn him on, him on and make him excited. Um, but those are likely not going to be the same things that turn you on and get excited. So even if we just started there with validating that two partners are going to have two very different experiences with sexuality, um, and saying, asking God, what, you know, what, how did you make me? Um, what, what works for me? Help me to discover that so that I can communicate that with my partner. Um, and I would also say specifically for women, um, in the church, because, because we so much have been told that we aren't sexual or that, you know, maybe when, before you were married, you were told that you were naughty if you were sexual or bad. Um, and that doesn't change the day you get married. So needing to change that narrative in your mind, um, and say, and have a conversation with the Lord to be able to say, my body is good. My sexuality is good. It's valuable. It's important. And I just work really differently than my, than my husband. Um, how do I work? And I want to learn it's valuable and it's important because if I don't own my sexuality, um, if I don't own my part of the engagement, um, and figuring out what I want and need and asking for that. Um, my husband can't do that for me. I, I, it's a very unrealistic expectation for um, a person in a male body to understand what it feels like to be in a, in a female body. Um, now, yes, graceful, loving husbands absolutely can do their research. We don't want them doing their research through pornography, though. We want them to have accurate, good research, um, which is a part of why I developed my online course. I wanted men to have accurate, good information. Um, yeah. But once we understand how sexuality actually works and we value both the male and the female experience, then we can start working together Um to honor each other in the experience um, with love, with compassion, with protection, um, protecting one another's hearts and bodies in the experience. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so now that we have ourselves covered, <laughs> we support kids in developing their own sexuality and like their view, uh, like, and their perspective surrounding sex, because they, you know, if we don't have the conversation with them, they're going to get it from culture and also other kids and wherever else. And so I feel like this is such an important thing for us to understand and how to, and also understand how to relay that message to our children. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think Anytime we give up our position in teaching our children, the culture takes over and, and they will just learn by default, whatever the culture around them is learning. Um, so, and I, I, I want to say that without, by also saying I'm not against public school. <laughs> I just, I just very much love when parents own their children's development. So um, I, I, 
I, this is kind of how I think of it is, is um, threefold. So f first is on, um, if, if we don't talk to our children about sex and sexuality, they are going to find it and your silence implies that there is something wrong or bad with them. So we have to be honest and direct with them about what's happening. And, and that, that includes not just talking about sex, but honestly, it includes talking about their bodies. Um, learn the names of your, of your body parts so that you can accurately teach your children the names of their body parts. <laughs> um, it sounds like a funny, silly step, um, but using words like penis or vagina or vulva or clitoris, um, just the same way that you use the words eyeball and elbow, uh, are, is really important because it sends the message to your child that there's nothing wrong or bad with their body. Um, we can absolutely include in their conversations about privacy and when and where it's appropriate to talk about those things and how we talk about them. Um, but not saying anything at all sends the wrong message. So we've got to start there with that honest and directness. And then I would also just say um, accuracy. So, so, and this is kind of the same thing with how we name our body parts, but, um, you know, if, if something happens with your child and you tell them a story about the stork dropping them off as a baby, um, that is confusing and yeah. <laughs> it's not helpful for your child. Um, and, and they learn that you don't tell that you're not going to be a safe place for them to ask their questions. So we want to be able to answer their questions as honestly and as accurately as we can. And I also think it's really important from a young age to start talking to kids about how they relate with one another very direct, intentional conversations about how they're relating with one another. Um, as males, as females, you know, what does it look like to love and respect other people? What does it look like to advocate for yourself and use your voice? Um, you know, asking for what you want, which is an essential quality for a healthy sexual relationship doesn't happen if we tell kids to be quiet and stop asking for what they want so much. Um, we, that relational skill absolutely applies to a sexual relationship later. And it's, it's an element of emotional health, honestly. Um, but it begins there with valuing their voice and honoring their questions. Um, and, and then helping them understand that even when they get it wrong, they can recover, which is the graceful part, right? Like rather than just having them feel like they have to get it right all the time we we want to demonstrate the gospel with their in your grace in the way that you talk to them so if you've if you've failed up to this point to be able to say to them i'm sorry i i should have been talking about this sooner and i was i was nervous about it i was uncomfortable but let's just be really clear let's talk about what the names of those body parts are <laughs> yeah um i we're not afraid of those words we don't have to be afraid of those of those body parts because because god made those body parts and they're good um you know even moving into you know once they get to the age where they're actually interested in having you know i might put air quotes on this but like special friends right if they're gonna have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or they're attracted to someone um we don't have to turn that into anything more than it is. It's just a little crush usually, but um, to be able to say 
tell me about that. What What is it that you are interested in them about? And what do you like? And, you know, what does it look like for you to be a good friend to them, a good special friend to them? What does it mean that you have a special friend? Um, just being curious and open with them when they're really little um, sets the stage for when they hit those teenage years and it's real awkward for them. We want them to feel like you are going to be able to calmly take their questions and concerns without reacting big or dramatically. Um, and even with that, you know, I, even what I'm telling you today about Adam knowing his wife, Eve, I mean, I'm assuming that's a lot of your audience knows their Bible well and learning how to accurately talk about relationships and sexuality. Um, you, we, I always say in therapy, you cannot take your child any farther than you have gone yourself. So if you feel uncomfortable or you feel awkward about it, you need to do your work for yourself and that will set you up to be able to do that work with your child. But if you won't do your own work, don't assume that they're just gonna figure it out without you. Um, they will figure it out eventually, um, but, but it may not be in a healthy way. Whereas right now you have an opportunity to guide them, um, but you've got to do your work first. Yeah. I love the advice of like even starting out young, having conversations mm -hmm. about, about you can tell they're like attracted and even in, in, in an innocent way to yeah. someone you'll already have been setting them up for, this is an open place that we talk about right. this stuff talk about this stuff in our home. So it's going to feel more natural right? If, when you, when it, as they grow, like it's just going to be normal to them to talk to you about those things. And I think that's so important. Right. Yeah. I, if I'm not saying that you can't go back and start asking, I mean, there is grace and there are ways that, you know, things can be redeemed, but at the same time, it's just so much easier I think when you start out young, as opposed to when you're like, they're 16, 17, 18 years old, and then you want to start asking questions and making sure that you're giving them the right answers. They've already figured it all out. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They probably learned it from TikTok already. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't talk to me about this. I mean, that was me. I remember I already knew. And then my parents tried to talk to me about sex. And I said, I already know about this and I don't want to talk to the, talk about it with you. Right. right. Yeah. If you haven't started <laughs> awkward. Mm -hmm. So it is so, yeah, it's so important to do that young and it doesn't have to be in, you know, like, yes, like in those, you know, much, it doesn't have to be a mature conversation until they're mature, but right. It's, right. It's, it's little it's, bitty conversations right. really. Them. Yeah, it's we're really looking for a lot of little bitty conversations rather than one big sex talk. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I love little, little ones, even two, three years old are curious about babies, right? Like they want to know where did the puppy come from or what, you know, what, where does the baby come from? You know, they're curious about, and you can start those conversations. You can tell when the conversation needs to be over because they're going to wander off. <laughs> right. It doesn't have to be a huge conversation. It's just a little bit of data and they probably will take that and mull it over in their little mind and then, and then come back with another question or observation at another time. And then you can continue the conversation. Um, 
I think that's that's a that's a great way to just like from the very beginning we're just going to make this an open conversation I love that yeah love that too well so I always end every show asking if there's one thing because you gave us so much good stuff to think about just everything from you know how we see ourselves as you know objects and needs met type of people mm-hmm. or you know and how to be how to feel known and intimate and deeply connected with our spouse like that's a lot to think about and kind of work on and then now we have to think about okay now how do we we, we tell our kids but if there's one thing um that you want these ladies to remember if they forget everything else you told them today what is one thing you would really want them to remember mm, yeah So I think I would like for your audience to remember that as women, they are good and valuable and wanted exactly as they are, and that you do not have to perform or produce anything in order to be deeply loved by your Father in Heaven and even by yourself. You can love who you are. because she's worth loving, because she was made by a good creator, she is worth loving. And I, yes, everything else that I've said should be hinged on that anyway. Um, I think specifically with sex, um, so many women have been taught that their experience and perspective is not important in that. And I completely disagree. Um, I think how you feel about sex and what you want is very important, worth learning and worth advocating for in the marriage bed. Um, And I believe that both you and your spouse will benefit from you choosing to value your experience. Yes. I love it. I I actually wrote it down. (laughs) Good. (laughs) I mean, in kind of a paraphrase type of way. Um, So um, why don't you tell these ladies where they can find you? Sure. So my website is ittakesabreath.com, and that's where you can find everything, ittakesabreath.com. And you can connect to my blog there. I have a lot of, I have an online course that's all about healing sexuality as a believer. Um, It's called The Truth About Holy Sex, and it's a six-lesson course, and it includes two workbooks. Um, that you can do with your partner, with your spouse, or if you're not married, you can do it on your on your own and find some friends to do it with. It's it has a very graduated um, homework process through it, so that you can connect as deeply as you want to connect. So if you just want to have conversations with friends, there's homework prompts for that. If you just want to have journaling conversations or journaling with yourself, there's prompts for that. Um, And then I also have a course called, um, oh shoot, I'm forgetting the name of it now, Um, Sex Ed for Parents. Um, And it is all about helping you be prepared for those conversations with your kids. Um, So both those courses are online there, as well as my books. You can find my blog, you can find my socials, um, ittakesabreath.com. I love it. Okay. Awesome. And I'll put that stuff in the show notes too. Great. Thank you so much for this conversation. Um, I know that we need to remind ourselves and hear this and focus on it. Um, 
because God wants this for us. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, would you mind closing us in prayer today? Oh, I would love to. Uh, Lord, I just lift up um, this this time that we've had with you um, has been good. It's so good to get to know another believer on another part of the world. Um, it's an honor to know your people and to connect with them. And I just pray for all the audience that's listening today um, that you would embrace each one of them as your child, um, whisper to them how much you love them and how valuable they are. We thank you for the gift of sexuality um, and just the joy that it can bring. And Lord, I ask for healing um, with so much damage and so much pain. Um, we are just a, we are a far cry from healthy, I know. And we, we really need your, your assistance, your support, your healing hand. Um, to help us to recover and to know you fully and to fully embrace who you've made us to be. And so I ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again, Brandy. You're welcome. I wish you the best with it. Thank you. Looking to give your child a well-rounded education while ensuring positive socialization opportunities and their ability to succeed in life? Consider joining Classical Conversations community and homeschooling alongside local families. Led by a trained licensed director, families learn through Classical Conversations proven Christ-centered curriculum together in a community. With locations in all 50 states and over 50 countries, there is bound to be a community near you. To find your community today, visit classicalconversations.com forward slash faithful. Thank you so much for listening to the Faithful Mama podcast, a place where we fill up on Jesus so we can pour into others. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to head over to the ratings and review section. And if this is something that you know will touch another mama's heart, please share it with her. And as always, stay faithful.